We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the Day More NBA podcast brought to you by the Genesis Company coming at you Monday morning. It's December 4th, a few days off here for the Wolves uh, since the Charlotte game uh, on Saturday before they next play Wednesday evening uh, against San Antonio. That's one of those rescheduled in-season tournament games, however you, (laughs) whatever you call those things. Uh, So we are going to focus this episode uh, on the Charlotte game, some themes that came out of it for today's show. I have Chris Hine here with me, who is actually at the game and in the locker room in Charlotte. Uh, that is Chris Hine, Wolves beat writer from the Star Tribune. Chris, how are you? I'm good, Dave. How are you doing this morning? I'm good. I'm good. You know, it's uh, we have the, the Saturday game, then you watch like football on Sunday, and then I'm laying in bed before I'm like, wait, what happened in the game uh, on <laughs> Saturday night? Congratulations to your uh, to your 49ers, by the way. Yes, yes, uh, they're back. They are back. <laughs> Super Bowl is back. back on. Super Bowl is back on. Uh, I, you... I saw I saw a a tweet. I'm assuming this is accurate. Not always true with the tweets. Okay. Uh, that Brock Purdy is the MVP favorite right now. I mean, get yeah. out of like, like, No, that is the dumb. Why just, give it to Christian McCaffrey? Up, he just put up 320 yards and four you think, touchdowns. You think Brock Purdy is the most? You think Brock Purdy is the most valuable player on your team? Um, I think Nick Bosa is the most valuable player sure. on, the, on the 49ers. Then, then maybe, quite honestly, maybe but, <laughs> I'm not even trying. I'm not but, trying to be like one of the like oh Brock Purdy right. looks like a biology teacher guy uh, or whatever. <laughs> but like, I mean. I don't know. Why do we not it's, give it to different split. positions? It's split between the two of them in my mind. Like I don't know. I don't know. Purdy's making so many good decisions. What about Christian McCaffrey? I know, Dane. I know. I know. I know. But I feel like I feel like if you lose Brock Purdy to Sam Darnold, it's worse than going from Christian McCaffrey to Elijah Mitchell. If that makes sense. So disagree. I well, but you're the you're the Niners. You're the Niners right, right. expert. Here. I'm glad we turned this into a 49ers <laughs> podcast. I'm sure, sure the listeners are and the viewers we're, we're, out there are loving this right now. We're two minutes and 15 <laughs> seconds in. I, I hope they could survive it. Um, yeah, yeah. I to talk about mm-hmm. the the basketball team. I just they keep winning. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I really liked your your gamer uh, off of this one. I, I like it to be like that guy, but like I like when somebody presents 
something to me about the wolves that I haven't thought of or haven't thought mm -hmm. of recently. You know, I mean, for both of us, right? We spend all this right. time writing, thinking, doing whatever about them. And I'm reading your story. I'm like, I totally forgot that it was in Charlotte. Or honestly, I probably didn't even know it was Charlotte last year. Yeah. Because I wasn't at that game either in Charlotte. That mm -hmm. D'Angelo Russell had the um, quote about if he catches the ball, he'll score. And it was a, it was the first sort of subtle um, signal yes. that things weren't all copacetic in, in Wolves world about uh, 12 months ago, this time last year, I think it was actually the day after Thanksgiving. Is it was that like, right? yeah, late November. Yeah. yeah. So, so, so same, a year ago. So same timeline. And it was just, it was, I mean, honestly, really credit to you that it's, it's tough to write a gamer and it's kind of tough to pull all those thoughts together. That was so perfect <laughs> in given what the game that Rudy played uh, this Saturday was where he was catching everything and he was dunking everything. And it was that game was to me was so emblematic of a team that does trust him and will throw him the ball. And he talked about that after the game, yep. whereas the D -Lo quote there um, wasn't, and it was, it was a frustrating thing at this time last season with Rudy of like, he wasn't catching the ball a lot, right? They didn't know how to pass it to him. Um, so I, I just I just thought that was uh, that was really uh, a really well done thing. I guess I'll just let you kind of uh, thank you. I mean, if you, if you just want to pump up my ego for the next yeah, forty five minutes, I'm I'm here for it. Well, um, I had to make up for the forty nine. <laughs> I mean, I, I I had that thought about like maybe halfway through the game, I was like, oh yeah, that was that was here in Charlotte where D'Lo mm -hmm. where D'Lo said that because you're seeing Rudy like get like six dunks or something like that in the first half. half. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, crazy. And it's just like, wow, this is a night and day difference from literally about. And I was like, yeah, it was about a year ago. It was just after Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. And it's like it couldn't be any more different. He's got he's got a point guard that likes to play with him, that, that knows how to, to utilize him. Um, Carl and he have this chemistry. This was that was like just before Carl got hurt uh, mm -hmm. that, that when they played Charlotte last year. Um you know, Carl and he continuing their chemistry as well. I mean, they had a couple, two or three lobs in that game. I think Carl to Rudy off the pick mm -hmm. and roll. Kyle Anderson, we know he's he's always been one to look for Rudy. It's just like Finch talked about this at certain points last season. I remember he talked about it right before the trade deadline too, right before they made the trade to get Mike Conley. And it was like, you know, he's like Utah, you know, kind of built – the roster around Rudy a little bit and what Rudy does well. And I think the wolves have kind of finally engineered yeah. this roster to maximize what Rudy does. And that trade obviously at the deadline last year was a major, major part of that. And that, that kind of quote has always kind of stuck in my head about like, yeah, we need the right pieces in and around Rudy to make that mm -hmm. work and to really, really utilize them, not just on defense, but on the offensive end of the floor as well. Yeah. I, I watched some of the, uh, I wasn't, you were in Charlotte. Um, I wasn't, but just mm -hmm. the, some of the locker room video uh, on YouTube. And I, I clipped this shout out the, the Timberwolves uh, content staff for giving, mm -hmm. for, <clears throat> for making this, this available and going on the road and doing all these things. But it was, it was cool to, again, after I'd read your story about, Delo's feelings on Rudy. I go and look at the YouTube channel to hear Rudy's feelings on on Cat and and the appreciation uh, he had for him. I thought this was pretty cool. Mm -hmm. I mean, Cat is just uh, 
for me, just amazingly unselfish. <laughs> Next question. Yeah. No, just what, what I really want to say, what I really appreciate about Carl is that he's, uh, he's looking for me, you know, and, and uh, a lot of times, you know, especially last year and even sometimes this year, you know, he's tried to find me and he turns the ball over and, you know, and then, um, and yeah, it's nobody likes to turn the ball over in basketball game, but uh, he keeps trusting me, keep looking for me, and uh, and so it's fun to when, when when after going through tough you know phases with the chemistry the chemistry starts to click and uh, and uh, you know he's able to find me on the perfect loves and he's able to find me on those duckings underneath the basket and and it's demoralizing for the defense you know you you have uh, two guys that are dominant and that are also able to make each other better I mean it's. It's, I think it's what makes us gonna make make us already, but gonna make us unique. And uh, and if you want to get where we want to get, uh, I think that's uh, that's gonna be a, that's gonna be a key you know, for success. How was it? Uh, I have some numbers. Uh, I just looked up some of those like passing, like assisted by uh, yeah. numbers. But first, uh, I mean, he's literally talking to you in that video clip. Yeah. I'll, I'll let you respond to that first. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and Carl was behind us, by the way. And so that's why there was like a little bit of laughing there. Because yeah. Carl was like, I don't want to hear this next question or something like that. Um, and so, but Rudy kept on with his answer. Um, you know, and I thought but it he just made a point to keep. He was like, "I right. want this on the record." Uh, he's I like, want "I want this. People, I want yeah. people to hear this. I want people mm -hmm. to." And I think it, it kind of ties into what we we're talking about. It's like he was appreciative and is appreciative that Carl was one of the people that is always kind of stuck by him, I guess, in a way, even through those early struggles. Mm -hmm. um, wanted to to keep making this work sometimes to Carl's detriment on the offensive end. And we've yeah. heard them talk about like, maybe Carl was trying to make this work a little too much mm -hmm. uh, at the beginning of last season. But I think, you know, that looking long-term that has paid off now in this year because they do have a much better, much more seamless chemistry this season than they had at this time a year ago. So, you know, it, I think it's worked. It's working better than I think a lot of people would have thought. Um, mm -hmm. Working a lot better than it was a, a year ago. Uh, they get along well. You know, that's the other thing is, you know, I, I don't know, you know, beforehand, before the trade, you know, it was always like they were kind of rivals. And, and Carl, you know, I think seemed to relish whenever he got the best of, of Rudy. And we know that they were competing for those all NBA slots, which were also, money. you know, yeah. money as well. Um, so, you know, they go from being rivals and, and, and now they're, now they're friends and, and they have great chemistry on the court, uh, off the court seemingly as well. And yeah, it's, it's, it's worked just about as well as you can hope. And like I said, just that scene in the locker room being there, being there this year and then being there a year ago, couldn't be any more different. Really couldn't. I, it stood out to me uh, one time in, in training camp or something when, when Finch uh, referred to, he was, he was talking about Carl's nature. And he said at one point, he's like, he's a pleaser by nature. Um, mm -hmm. And, and I think sometimes or I know sometimes Carl gets a, a bad rap for that. Right. And cause that, that's an encore thing, off court thing, whatever. Mm -hmm. I think this the Rudy and him dynamic in particular is an example of how Carl having a pleaser nature is really beneficial. Mm -hmm. I mean, he has gone out of his way. I'm still breaking news here, but since 
last season, particularly early on, like kind of this chunk, right? Before he got yeah. hurt last year, he went out of his way to appease Rudy, to make Rudy happen, to do all those things. Like you said, maybe like to a fault. Maybe it was there was a there was a, maybe a little bit too much, but it was in Carl's nature to look for that. And it wouldn't be for a lot of other, you know, max contract guys um, in, in the league to, to try to, to make that happen. So I, I think that's one, just a, uh, just a credit to, to, to Carl. And it's, I think it's been a little bit cleaner this year in yeah. terms of some of those deliveries. It was just, I, I was, I looked it up um, just how many times Rudy has been assisted by player X or whatever. Carl is the most this season, 20 assists to Rudy, Mike Conley, 18, Kyle Anderson, 10, uh, Anthony Edwards, nine, Shake Milton, six, uh, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, two, Jaden McDaniels, two, Troy Brown Jr., one, Nas Reed, actually zero uh, assists mm-hmm. to, to Rudy. And um, it, it's just kind of, I mean, it's kind of hard to look at some of those numbers and compare them to another one year versus another. You kind of have to go like assists per minute played or whatever. Um, And Carl led the team in that last year. He only played 529 minutes with Rudy, um, you know, given the injuries, but he had, he had 30 assists, which was the the highest rate of assists uh, per, per minute played. And, and Kyle Anderson was the next highest. So even last year when we're like, man, Kyle and Rudy worked so well last year, Mm -hmm. Carl had assists to Rudy more frequently than even, than even Kyle did a year ago. He led the team in that element than that stat last year and and he leads them in it again i i mean to be fair i get a little bit of the oh my gosh when there's the airmail lobs and right the turnovers that come out of whether it's carl or anyone else but often carl you know trying to seek rudy out there and it's just this interesting question of like the opportunity cost of that it's like okay how many how frequently can you have a turnover on this look, the lob to Rudy versus how many times he converts it with the dunk to make it profitable? You know, it's a, it's mm-hmm. a hard thing to calculate because when it is a connection, I mean, it's like he's dunking that, you know, it looks, it looks great. It, yeah, yeah. And it's, it's highly effective, but you know what I'm saying? It's like this. At, I, I think Carl is above the line where it certainly makes sense to be making these, these passes. And that's what I think I need to, remember is not when it's a bad pass or it is a turnover to like roll my eyes. Cause I'm like, well, you know, like in the aggregate, this is a, this is a very profitable action. And I think it's getting more and more profitable, more and more efficient as, as time goes along. Well, I think on, on Saturday and just in general, it, it looks less forced and I don't, and I don't know yeah. how, how quite to describe it, but the feeling that we had watching them in the first month of the season, last season was, He's forcing it to Rudy, it like, and, and it felt it just felt very forced. Yeah. Like he was sacrificing his own offense and maybe a better opportunity mm-hmm. for himself at the expense of trying to get Rudy involved or trying sure. to hit Rudy on a post up. Um, here on Saturday, everything was coming within the flow of an of the offense. It was coming mm-hmm. off an action. It was coming off a screen. It was coming off ball movement. You know, it, it was was happening within the flow of the offense, much less forced. Whereas a year ago, it was almost like, okay, Carl's got the ball on the wing. I'm just going to try and throw it 
make an awkward pass into the post because he's got somebody Mm -hmm. posted up and it was like it's not it wasn't necessarily like always like lobs for dunks it was it was i'm going to force it into the post to rudy so that he can then maybe put the ball on the floor which is not as effective when mm-hmm. Rudy when Rudy does that as when he's running for for lob dunks. That's so, a great distinction. Yeah, there's yeah. what Rudy I think he said in that clip like he's looking at me for the lobs and for the duckins, and yeah. it's like we know the lobs are better than the duckin catches, yeah. right? Because then right. Rudy's got to make a move and go to the lefty hook or whatever something like that and make a move into scoring on him. And I think that probably is the distinction, right? Is that Carl is finding Rudy on the lobs more frequently than he's finding him on the duck-ins, which means he's hitting the more profitable action more mm-hmm. often uh, than maybe he was uh, a season ago. That's at least what my eye test says to me. Because this is Minnesota, don't we call them gray duck-ins? Or... <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> It's my attempt at humor. I have duck. a duck. I have I have ducks yeah, on, my, on my on my on uh, my sweatshirt today. It's our it's our softball team name. Is a loon is loon technically a duck? I don't know. It looks like one. I, don't know. <laughs> I, I, I didn't grow up here, so I don't know. Somebody <laughs> somebody can tell me. A cool shirt, lunatic, lunatic. <laughs> That's right. Uh, um, let me uh, let me let me grab a, a break here really quick. I yeah. just want to let people know that today's show is brought to you by Falling Knife uh, Brewing Company. Uh, I've been getting like pictures and stuff and videos sent to me from. Uh, when the games are, are going on live and, and what the environment is uh, in Falling Knife for, for the game day evenings. It looks fun. If you're looking for a place to you know start watching these games with, uh, with other Wolves fans, um, it's, it's a consistent thing. It's not just Friday and Saturday night. So maybe if you're thinking about uh, this Wednesday and I have tickets to the game because it's a rescheduled game, um, and you want to, you know, watch the Wolves play Wemby and the Spurs uh, falling knife. That game's at 630 uh, for a tip. So uh, just check that out. Uh, they obviously we we enjoy the people there. We enjoy the beer there. But they also have a rectangle pizza with a residency uh, at the brewery as well. Um, so beer, pizza, Wolves, uh, check out Falling Knife Brewing Company uh, in northeast Minneapolis, just off of Broadway. All right, Chris. Uh, let's you know, keep. We can keep going on uh, Rudy a little bit, and also kind of fold in the the triple bigs thing. Obviously, that was a big theme of this game too. Cat with twenty eight, Rudy with twenty six, Nas um, with twenty three, all on on very effective shooting. But uh, continue on on Rudy here. Yeah, it's. I think that defensively, I, I was I was kind of intrigued by by how they were playing the other day. Okay. Um, as well, um, especially with the three bigs on the floor, on the sure. floor, yeah, um, sorry, got it. it was. It, it, I think they, they they struggled to guard a little bit, and you could notice, like in the half court, you know, it wasn't really as as effective. Um, mm-hmm. I thought, and Charlotte was kind of getting getting what they wanted out of the half court off or ha- out of their half court offense, which is why Finch made the switch after a little while mm-hmm. um, to get a little more defense out there. But I-, I was wondering as the game was going on, like, okay, Carl's playing well, Rudy's playing well, Nas is playing really well off the bench here. Like, and the backcourt is really struggling to generate scoring. Mm-hmm. So is he going to do it? Is he, is he going to, is he going to play all three of them? And is he going to do it? Like, at the end of the game and, and, and Finch did it. Um, and, you know, I, I wonder while Ant is out, while Jaden's out, um, 
you know, does he does he really consider this uh, maybe a little more in that Spurs game uh, as mm-hmm. well, which which you might be able to do it more sure. in the Spurs game given their length as well. Mm-hmm. So that might be a matchup where you see that a little more on, on Wednesday night. What did I, you think about it? Yeah, um, I, I I think it's interesting how big of a deal we're making out of it. <laughs> I think we just like it because it's yeah. cool. It's like, no. ooh, look at it's three centers on the floor at once. And, and this I, is fun. And I, and I agree, but I think we should remove some of the novelty of it. One, just from just yeah. this element of it, Nas Reed and Kyle Anderson, you know this, about the same size. Right. Right? I, I mean, Nas maybe has like an inch on him. But they both have over seven foot wingspans. They're both probably around like two. I, I don't know. Nas might weigh five, ten more pounds than him. Maybe. I don't, I don't know. Um, but it's just it's interesting to me because Kyle Anderson plays next to Carl Anthony Towns and Rudy Gobert all the time. Right. And he's slower. He doesn't shoot threes. <laughs> yep. Right. I mean, he can. Ha- I mean, I get. But Nas can handle some, too. Finch mm-hmm. feels more comfortable with. Kyle really being like mm-hmm. a wing handler. Nas is mostly just transition. But isn't that kind of a funny thing that we do? Like, we're like, whoa! Yeah. Nas is playing the three! I'm like, yeah, he subbed in for Kyle Anderson, who's right, like a center right. in ways, too. I Who I right. compare to, like, poor man's Nikola Jokic uh, all the time. So, um, I get it, though. At, at the same time, I get it. I just wanted to say that. Um, I thought, to your the defense was bad. The defense mm-hmm. was bad when the three bigs yeah. were out there. Very first play, I think I'm remembering correctly, there's a miscommunication between Troy Brown Jr. and Carl Anthony Towns. Ish Smith cuts right behind Carl for a layup. The next possession, um, Carl doesn't recover out to the corner, and I think it was Gordon Hayward or P.J. Washington or something, hit a, hit a corner three on them. That is going to be the challenge of of playing the, the three bigs. And in general, it's just kind of, in ways you're now putting Carl in situations where he's kind of like a three. And yeah. I think that's the distinction when, when Kyle is out there with Rudy and cat cat always feels like the four Rudy, when it's cat and Nas, there's just more interchangeability, just kind of, it seems like psychologically in, in the way they're playing. And so you're going to put Carl in some of those positions, more perimeter oriented to guard and move his feet and be aware of where these guards are cutting or shooters are spacing. And so, yeah, it like, Defensively, I, I thought in the it was three minutes. I, I thought it got somewhat exposed. Mm-hmm. Offensively, though, it was good. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. like that looks tough to stop, you know. And, right. and and to that end, I think we've talked about this before. Remember, I was always with not even in the past two seasons with playing Nas. It was always like ah, the numbers are bad with it. We're not going to go. I mean, Finch said that numerous times. It's like, you know, the numbers have never been good with Nas and Carl or Nas and Rudy. We're trying to stay away from it. And my opinion of why that was is because it was always just like two minutes here and there. You might go two weeks and Nas and Carl have played like four total minutes together uh, on the floor. And I'm like, of course the numbers aren't good. There's no rhythm being established in this. It's not part of your... It's not part of your plan. It's a it's a literal like break class in case of emergency sort of thing. And I think there's a lesson to be learned from that experience of like not necessarily trusting Nas at the four and having the numbers struggle accordingly. Now, this year you start trusting and you're playing Nas next to the bigs all the time. Right. And Mm -hmm. and the numbers are the numbers aren't great, but the numbers are not like the minus 
15 net rating or whatever it was. Um, I just think there's power in empowering a look in general, particularly when I think like you and I do believe Nas can move his feet and is fast enough to be able to do that. So what I would say is do it or don't. I, I think if you right. if you if you kind of split this in here and you have two or three minutes of Nas at the three here and there, I don't know. I, I'm not sure the numbers will work out. I'm not sure they will figure out um, how to navigate defensively, whether it's man or zone or whatever. Um, but I do feel like this can be a weapon. I feel like this team is going to need more offense as the year goes on. And if I'm looking at the bench and the ways to get inject more offense into this team, Nas Reed's the first person I look at. Mm -hmm. And to that end, that's like, okay, how do we play Nas more? Will you play him at the three more often? Or you play him next to the other two bigs? So um, it'll obviously be something uh, we, we track over the course of the year. But I, I'd like them to lean into it for as like a, a thing yeah. they get to a little bit every night or or maybe not. Um, or I think if you don't, I'm not sure it'll work. Does that make sense? But it, it kind of reminds me of like, you know, how, how teams always have like, you know, a small ball lineup that they deploy. Right. Or, or like that's mm -hmm. been, that's been a thing. And obviously the Warriors used to have sure. their quote unquote death lineup. That was yeah. like super small. Right. This is like the complete opposite of that. It's like, <laughs> I mean, it's like, it's like the, the Wolves is the alive lineup. The Wolves version of a death lineup is like when they go super, super big. Um, I mean, it's uh, obviously it's not like a death lineup in terms of its effectiveness, but like no, but it, it's, it's this like, it's idea like, of right. doing something so differently, something, right? Exactly, that that's it what could I'm getting expose at. Something. Right. Yeah, yeah, right, no, exactly. It's, it's like you go to this and you're like, well, let's just kind of see how this works for a few minutes, yeah. and then maybe maybe you strike cold on some nights with it, where like a team is just baffled by it for. Mm -hmm for three or four minutes and all of a sudden you go on a 12 nothing run or something like that. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I, I wonder if we will see it more often, like, and, and this is kind of one of the things that, that we we've, we've had this like ongoing back and forth with Finch about this. Like, yeah. cause he, cause he, for, for like, he thinks, for, he for thinks context, we really, really want for context, yeah. for context, for everybody out there, it's like over the summer, when yeah. Nas had his press conference, Finch threw out there. He's like, maybe I'll put all three of them on the floor at the same time. And I'm we were like, ah, <laughs> isn't that isn't that hysterical? Yeah. Right. And then and then he got asked about it um, at Media Day. Um, I think my I think it was my friend Jamal uh, Jamal from ESPN asked yep. him about it, and and Finch was like. I was joking about that. Like I, like yeah. <laughs> I wasn't really serious about that. And so, and so we would just give him a little, you know, give him a little grief about that. And then mm -hmm. he did it like in the one game accidentally, ac uh, accidentally. Right. And then, yeah. and then we brought it up to him afterwards. And, and then like a few games later, he made that crack in golden state. Uh, when somebody asked him about it, he's like, yeah, these guys here loved it. When yeah, I, I, I was like, <laughs> <laughs> these guys here loved it when I put three of them on the floor at the same time. So it's also like just a little behind the scenes, this ongoing joke, not that joke, but like this ongoing thing, which that Finch has with, with us in the media that like, totally, so we, 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 we are noticing every time he does that. And, and a, a, like a national reporter will it. ask about yeah. it and they'll kind of like, <laughs> they'll, look, they'll, look, all of us. they'll look at us and we, and we, we start having like smirks on our faces. Yeah. Like, and he can see <laughs> us laughing in the front yeah. row. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I'm intrigued. I, I, again, I, I remain intrigued by it. I remain believing in the idea of like, Whatever you're gonna do, do right, yeah. and 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 that's what like 
they have kind of held that ethos with the double big look, right? With Towns and Rudy, they're like, we're we're doing this, you know, and we're gonna um, we're gonna live with it. We're gonna take our lumps, and because we ultimately believe we're gonna profit, I'm not sure if Finch is there in his head yet, right? Right. It, where the idea is that they're ultimately gonna profit. It's it seems to me right now that the only time in which it will be considered is a night in which Nas is rolling as he was right in right. in that Charlotte right. game. Uh, was it the is the Oklahoma City game, I think, where it's Nas was kind of similarly rolling in the fourth. And I remember being like, is he going to go to this? Is he going to yeah. go to it here? And Finch was like, I was I was really close. close. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think he, I don't know, left Troy Brown Jr. in or something else there who <laughs> ended up having 17 points. I think that time I have the right games Yeah. Uh, there. But right. yeah, it's uh, it's it's something it's something to track. But more broadly, I, I think the the story of this game as it pertains to Nas is that he was awesome, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, like just when he was on the floor as a four and I, I've had some frustration throughout the year where it, I don't know if it's the new position or he hit a bunch of threes at the beginning of the year, but it felt it's felt for the past like two, three weeks broadly that he's had a little bit more of a feel of settling on the perimeter for threes yeah. where he's shooting well from, but we know kind of like, what his superpower is, is like taking guys off the dribble and being able to go attack and finish at the rim. And man, when I was going back and rewatching that game, it was like, it didn't matter who Charlotte had on him. He burned PJ Washington like five or six times, Nick Richards, whoever. And it's, I think it's now fair to say that Nas like is a foot speed problem for fours. Like, yeah. It, it obviously that was the case last year. He'd be, you know, playing a backup five and they'd be trying to guard him on the perimeter and he could just get, go around them. Um, he's doing that against fours now. And I mean, I, that's Charlotte's not like the best defensive team in the league or anything like that, but there is uh, his confidence in my eyes takes off once he can have one of those just kind of isolation go, around through faster than finishes on someone. And you saw a few of those early in the first half of this game. And you're like, all right, like this is a Nas game. And it was, you know, ends the mm -hmm. night with, uh, with, with 23 points and was effective kind of regardless of, of who was uh, on, on the floor next to him. So mostly just a good sign to see him really kind of clicking back into that sixth man role, if you will. A couple things that I think I've noticed recently is you touched on it a little bit. His shot, his shot mix feels a lot more balanced now. Whereas, mm -hmm. like you said, he was seemingly settling for just all threes for a little while there. Right. Um, but he got he's gotten back to attacking, attacking the basket much more recently. And I think one of the things that makes Nas so effective, and, and we've talked about like his decision making and his, you know his kind of ideal way of playing the way Finch likes to play offense. I think one thing that when you watch Nas, he's so effective at attacking closeouts and he's got a quick first dribble, quick first step. So that even if it is a four coming out to him, like if the ball's swinging around and somebody's got to come out to Nas, his, his ability to get by that person with their first, with his first step first dribble. as they're still coming out towards him. That's one of that's, I think, quote unquote, his superpower is like 
he's made up his mind before that ball gets there that once it gets to him, he is going into the into the lane. Mm-hmm. And by that time, it's already too late for the defender. Like, and because he's such a good three point shooter, they have to respect mm-hmm. the fact that he could that he could pull the trigger. Um, and once that happens, it's like you're you're basically toast at that point. If if he can get into that kind of situation. And that requires ball movement. That requires the defense to be shifting around, mm-hmm. right? Um, it, it, it doesn't come after just one pass. It comes after multiple passes. Sure. Um, so I think when the offense is humming like that and Nas is in the zone where he's thinking attack first and shoot only if it's open, Sure. that's that's the ideal way for Nas Reed to play, to play offense. And that's what you saw on Saturday. You know what I think the next level is of it is is mm-hmm. passing off the bounce there. You know, he's got the pump and mm-hmm. go and he's getting into the middle of the lane and he's able to find someone. I, I yeah. think I he's so quick to it, you know, like in his head gets down. He kind of almost looks like he's falling over as he's attacking the basket. Um, mm-hmm. But again, when I was looking up these Rudy assist numbers, um, Nas only has one assist to Rudy Gobert. In his career, <laughs> oh wow! I didn't realize it was just one. I mean, according to NBA, yeah. yeah, according yeah. to NBA.com, um, so they played 362 minutes mm-hmm, together mm-hmm. that last season. This season, mm-hmm. one assist. Um, and wow. and so, like, I do think again, the, if if Nas does becomes more of a problem with that foot speed uh, up the bounce a little bit more, I think you'll start seeing defenses. Like kind of bring that nail help right and guys shading in and um to to show Nas a second body cannot I, I feel confident that Nas can like kind of make that baseball pass to the corner or whatever mm-hmm. as he starts driving. But can he have that little drop off to to Rudy, right? That that cat does a, a good yeah. job of the yeah. difference is Carl's kind of like slow in prodding when he's looking for that. Again, Nas looks like he's in like beginning a somersault when he starts like driving, to the, you know what I'm saying? Right. Like yeah, it looks yeah. like he's got to kind of fall over and he, sometimes he often kind of does. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I just had that, you know, looking at these numbers and thinking about that game, you know, that that's the next evolution for me of Nas. I think we know he sure. can shoot it pretty well. We know he can use his foot speed against slower guys uh, on the perimeter or even average guys. Mm-hmm. Um, can he also be, a playmaker out of that that's that's the next level and that's when we start talking about like a sixth man of the year type of thing from him because then then he's got three different ways to get you every single night shooting driving passing um pretty much what we're seeing right now night tonight is one of those things i thought the charlotte game was two uh, you know he's shooting it some and he's, he's taking it off the dribble but but we, we, we talk about Nas all the time he adds skills he stacks them he's done that for five years uh, in the NBA, that's that's the next one uh, I'm I'm looking for. I want to continue talking about Nas. We'll grab a quick break here. Today's show is brought to you by the Game Time app, and Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. I went to a concert last week, and the whole process of knowing where to go to get the tickets it was stressful because the last time I went to a concert, it was a mess trying to get the tickets from the third party website onto my phone. But with the Game Time app, I felt confident even last minute that I purchased my tickets at a fair rate, and that's because of their best price guarantee. And then with the app, it was easy to just use my phone and get into the concert I paid for, no confusion. So if you're looking for tickets to a Lynx game, a Twins game, or a concert this summer, check out the Game Time app. You'll get images of your seats when you buy, so you know what to expect when you arrive. You can buy tickets in a matter of seconds 
two taps and you're set and tickets are sent directly to your phone. So no need to dig through your emails and click on a link here or there. You can just snag tickets without stress with the GameTime app. Download the GameTime app, create an account and use code DaneMore for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and use the code DaneMore, all one word for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. The Dane Moore NBA podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. And this time of year, we spend a lot of time focused on giving gifts to others. I know I got a list of family members. I'm trying to check the boxes for each of them, give them a meaningful gift. But I think this time of year, it's easy to forget about giving gifts to ourselves. The holidays should be a time to take care of yourself. So whether it's by starting therapy or just going easier on yourself during the tough moments, or treating yourself to a day of complete rest. Remember to give yourself some love this holiday season. Trying therapy can be one of those ways. It can help you set boundaries and learn positive coping skills. It really can empower you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. And if you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. In the season of giving, give yourself what you need with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash Moore, all one word, to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash Moore. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, Chris, um, speaking of, of Nas Reed, we can sprinkle in other things uh, related here as well. I, I liked your uh, story in in the Sunday paper about uh, Nas Reed and, and Kyle Anderson's sort of uh, shoe game battle uh, yes. as they both wear <laughs> size 15 shoes that are uh, difficult to get uh, unique sneakers uh, in. Why don't you uh, just I, I guess. I don't want to ruin the whole story, but but uh, but tease mm-hmm. it a little bit. I just had this in my notes next to yeah. Talk about so, Nas game. I, you know, it's just kind of one of those things where I forget how I kind of 
I think they talked about it maybe in an in interview at some point. I always kind of they talk about it in the locker room all the time. Yeah, talking, like I, I they, they talk about that. shoes all the time, yeah. like in the locker room for sure. Um, but I, I, I registered in my head that like, oh, Nas, I think made a comment that, oh yeah, like, you know, I was trying to get these shoes and Kyle got them first. So I was like, well, that's kind of interesting. You know, like that happens. Like, Look there's, at only, you, like there's only like one pair of shoes out there that like, <laughs> it is crazy. People, right. right. And, and seemingly, yes, because of, because of, uh, the fact that they're size 15s. Um, so basically they know a lot of the same people from growing up in New Jersey. Mm -hmm. This is kind of how the how the basketball world operates. So they have their connections. Nas, you know, tells me he's always checking all the apps. You know, whatever whatever shoe app is out there, he's checking it. Right, mm -hmm. Kyle doing similarly. He's he's attended. You know, like like you know conferences and things like that. Uh, you know, and met people. Yeah, there, there. was uh, in over summer league that that was yeah. that was going on and they went to it uh, yep yep so 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 they're they're always kind of expanding their network so if they see or hear about a shoe coming online they check in with their with their guys and sometimes it comes back to them that oh nas already nas already <laughs> asked for this one or, or kyle already asked for this one and so they're kind of beholden to like which one asked for the shoe first right mm -hmm. <laughs> and so so it does it does lead to a little competition um, and they find out that, you know, so the other one got the shoe first. Um, what was the shoe that was like the Holy grail one? That fragment that ones, got? fragment ones, Jordan fragment ones that, and they do a lot of exchanging back and forth, like, um, as well, or they'll sell the pair, they'll sell stuff sure. to each other. If one has something, but that is one that, that Kyle does not want to sell to Nas <laughs> and Nas is not letting him, uh, not not letting that one go. Like when I was when I was talking to him at the at a practice, I think it was in Golden State, you know, a couple of weeks ago. When I talked to them about this, um, you know, we were all kind of walking out together, and and Nas just he was like, "Man, those fragment ones, like, I, need, <laughs> I need those, man." <laughs> He's like, "I want hey, those. Maybe, maybe somebody <laughs> listening, and right? Exactly. Maybe, 15. maybe exactly. Yep." Um, so it's a it's a, it's a fun it's a fun little you know behind the scenes little little story I, and I looked those up and just in my size they were like twenty six hundred dollars. Yeah, that's pretty much what they are. Yeah, Jeez. yeah. Um, and yeah, you can imagine they have they each have about 250, 300 pairs they estimated. Uh, so you can imagine you know the amount of money that they have sunk into uh, their shoe collections. Well, Nas, Nas has that new contract, man. That's right. That's right. Exactly. And he said he views them as an investment too. So, you know, that's the thing. It's yeah. like a lot of, I'm, there's probably some mm -hmm. people who don't follow anything with shoes. It, it, in ways, there's like similarities to some of these shoes with like baseball cards, right? Like, right. To, right. To maybe yeah. do a generational gap thing here. Um, mm -hmm. Like, I, I, I'm not sure Kyle's even worn those shoes right you kind of he wore them oh, once he, he wore them once okay he, wore, he said he wore them once and that and and like nas like, could like nas couldn't take it when he saw them. Like, <laughs> <laughs> basically was what happened oh that's that's good yeah. um yeah so 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 check that story out i don't want to give away too much of it uh star tribune uh dot com that, that was in the sunday paper i, I read yes. it online but it was sunday paper yeah. right yep, yep um uh the Last thing I'd kind of just have uh, to hit on, and I guess we can talk about this through the lens of the last two games. Um, 
but no ant right in, right in Charlotte as well. It's been going for 40 minutes. haven't hit that. And they won, you know, won both of these games. Uh, maybe we could talk a little bit about who and where and what's how they've been stepping up to quote unquote replace ant. But um, I, I'm getting the sense that like Wednesday seems pretty realistic for, for ant to be back, just kind of going off of uh, last week. Venture's like, we hope to have ant back this weekend it kind of makes sense. They only play the one they played on Thursday. Right. And I think that's when Thursday after the Utah game, Fincher's like, we hope to have him back this right. weekend. Um, there's only the one game on Saturday and not another game till Wednesday. Probably made sense to give it the extra four full days of, of rest there rather than playing in Charlotte. But I mean, you're expecting ant on Wednesday. I, I guess. I, I, yeah. I mean, we don't know. Like I'm not saying there. we know, yeah, but like, yeah. If I had to wager one way or the other, I would guess that Ant plays on Wednesday. Yeah, we'll, we'll find out in a few hours here. Uh, at practice, in, yeah. At practice. Um, you know, the thing is, maybe. <laughs> right, maybe. Um, and the other thing is, you know, uh, Jaden's getting yep. closer as well, I believe. Um, and we saw him, uh, saw him kind of working out after after shoot around the did you other ask day. about that at all on the road in Charlotte? i did not no okay. i did not so we can we'll probably we'll ask, ask finch about that today okay um and you know i think uh jordan mclaughlin also uh he's he's nearing he's nearing his return date as well um mm -hmm. so you know just i think they're, they're starting to get healthier here and yeah um yeah and, and i kind of put this in the in the game story too i said i don't think it was a coincidence that rudy had his best offensive day with ant not yeah playing, you know yeah no, that's not a bad thing it's not though. a bad thing that's a stepping up into more shots right like mm -hmm. there's never gonna be a i mean i don't want to say never but i'd be surprised if there's a game that cat rudy and nas all score over 20 points in a game that ant that ant is also in. playing yeah i mean yeah. maybe if they could step if ant you know, gets in foul trouble in the first half or something like that, you would, mm -hmm. again, where I think of is Nas. I, I think of it because kind of yeah. know what you're going to get from Carl night mm -hmm. to night. But Ant in or like we know what it looks, what Carl's game looks like when Ant's in. And we kind of right. are getting to see the degree to which he turns it up when when uh, Ant is out. So I think like the extra um, comes from Nas, but then also Rudy. Yeah, to, to yeah. your point. And, and maybe that was his teammates, like he said, uh feeling that and mm -hmm. and being like okay um with ant out the profit of a rudy a pass to rudy goes up comparatively to to what else uh what else do they they have there so i think yeah i think it makes sense that that rudy gets mm -hmm. the ball more uh in those situations but I, I don't take it to be like a bad thing i would want no, Rudy's shots to go back down once ant it's in, I guess. One hundred percent. And also, I, I do think that Ant has done a, a better job of looking for Rudy, and you, you, you listed mm -hmm. off the assists as well. Mm -hmm. I, I still think that there's room for that partnership to grow. Is what I'm is what I'm also Absolutely. getting at here. Like, I still notice a couple times a game where it feels like Ant is hesitant to hit Rudy on a pass that mm -hmm. guys on Saturday were not hesitant to throw the pass at. Um, it, Again, nine a, assists I, yeah. in 443 minutes on the floor together. Mm -hmm. Ant has nine assists, two Rudy in 443 minutes on the floor together. That's one assist per 49 minutes played. That mm -hmm. that, that can't be what it is. Again, Towns is 21, right? Yeah. Maybe it's not going to be all the way down there, but it has to be less. I will say it's growth mm -hmm. off of last season. They played 1,639 minutes together yeah, right. and had 
and Ant only assisted Rudy 27 times. That was one assist every 61 minutes. Um, so it's getting better, getting but better, right. it, it still needs – it needs to get – as much as it's gotten better, it needs to be that much better again, I, I think, to get to uh, to a comfortable zone. But it, at least it's moving in the right direction. It is moving in the right direction. Um, I, d- I did notice, you know, a few t- – I was re-watching the – I think it was the, the OKC game before Ant got hurt, and there were a couple times in that game where it was like Ant could have gotten sure. past the Rudy in this, in this slot, and he just mm-hmm. didn't. Yeah. For, you know, whether he wanted to take the shot himself or just wasn't completely comfortable making the pass – um, so, so I wonder, I wonder, you know, just the, the effects of that. And if we get maybe a chance to talk to Ant about it, sure. you know, maybe it's worth revisiting how he feels that that is, that is going 20 games into the season and kind of how he feels in terms of his comfort level of, of involving Rudy more. Um, it's interesting you bring up Jaden and Jordan McLaughlin uh, as, as well. That will be the fallout from their returns. That sounds negative, but like the, the recourse from it will be, you know, some less Troy Brown Jr., Shake Milton, even maybe Nikhil Alexander Walker doesn't get the guaranteed minutes he's been getting for for the rest of the time here. I don't really have like a strong take on that or whatever. I think that's the nature of being mm-hmm. a good team with depth is that, yeah, like, Troy Brown Jr., you might go from having started these handful of games and having played well in it, but falling kind of back into like a 13 minutes a night role or something like that, which would be more than he was doing before when he was out of the rotation. So um, something something to track. I don't really have a like what's right or what's wrong in in my mind. We know Jaden will go back to starting. I guess the one I'm most curious with is Jordan McLaughlin because he was not a fixture uh, of the rotation before if Jaden McDaniels gets back and Jordan McLaughlin becomes a 15 minutes a night guy. Uh, you, now you're talking about at least one of shake and Troy being out of the rotation and the other taking a, a, a hit to hit to their minutes. But at the same time, we kind of feel right. Like this team could probably use some Jordan McLaughlin from time to time. This is, this is kind of how I envision it. I mean, I think you should, Probably give J Mac at least a shot. Yeah, I feel like because you know I, they, they've given Shake a, a long runway here, um, and mm-hmm. uh, you know it's it hasn't looked great for most of the time. Um, so we'll see if they if they initiate uh, kind of some J Mac minutes. Troy Brown, I think, has earned mm-hmm. to stay in the rotation based on his last couple of games for sure. Um, so I feel like. I feel like he's earned that minutes to where to where you put J Mac kind of in that that backup point guard role, give the minutes to Troy as well, and and maybe Shake is the one that that falls out of the rotation when when that happens. I th- I, that, that's at least how I kind of have it mapped yeah. out in my head. I think the even if you're of the mind that you know from a shooting standpoint, Shake's going to break out of what this. I mean, I don't think this is going to be Shake the the entire day. I don't think so either. No, no. But if we're a, a big thing, and you remember this from from the summer when we started asking about Shake Milton, was a lot of excitement about Shake Milton pairing with Rudy, right. and uh, the net rating in the 139 Shake Milton and Rudy Gobert minutes mm-hmm. is minus 11.5, which is really bad. And conversely, mm-hmm. in 122 minutes, the Troy Brown Jr. 
and Rudy Gobert minutes are plus 18.6. So, so it's worked significantly better putting shooting around Rudy Gobert than yeah. uh, a, a playmaker in, in Shake Milton when all the other numbers are, are really positive, like Conley and Rudy plus 12, Ant and Rudy plus 11.9, Towns and Rudy plus 11.5, Nah and Rudy plus 2.7, Anderson and Rudy plus 1.5, McDaniels and Rudy plus 9.8, Nas minus 0. 0.3. That's the next closest one, and then it's Shake minus 11.5. Like the Shake and Rudy thing has not worked through the first 19 games of the season. And again, it's not because we don't believe it could or will later down the line, but if you need to make a decision now with Jaden McDaniels coming back or Jordan McLaughlin coming back, it's, it's, it's hard for me to find a justification to, if, if it was as simple as choosing between shake and Troy, um, I, I think for now you have to, you have to choose, uh, Troy, at least the numbers bear that out. A hundred percent. I'll say one thing about Troy that I, I've noticed, um, you know, Finch talked about how he's a better shooter than, than he thought. I, I've, I've watched Troy and I think he's, I think he's a little better defensively than I, than I thought. For sure. Uh, you know, I remember talking to you know, people who covered the Lakers uh, when the, when the Wolves got him and I asked, you know, how's his, how's his defense? And they're like, well, he tries, you know, he, he, he cares about defense, but like, doesn't always work out. Um, mm-hmm. And I think watching him, and maybe it's just playing within the context of having a Rudy sure. behind him as well, that, that maybe helps. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think he's held up better on the defensive end of the floor than, than I had anticipated uh, coming into the season. I thought that was really important against Charlotte. Like, yeah. I, I'm looking at that game and I'm like, all right, like, uh, you know, Terry Rozier and Gordon Hayward mm-hmm. aren't like world beaters, but like they're good, like they can get buckets. And you're without Ant and Jaden in that game, the two people who would take those matchups, you'd think. And uh, they put Nikhil on Terry Rozier, which made sense, which left Troy Brown Jr. to guard Gordon Hayward, who's a good, strong, isolation uh, player. And that that stood out to me uh, in, in that game yeah. as well, that that Troy and, – and what I always try to say or remind people of, like, Troy's big. Like, he's yeah. like, he is he's like a legit 6'7". Um, and, and I think that does a lot for defensively. Cause I was thinking about, okay, if this was last season and Ant and Jaden are out for the game, your, your options to, to plug in there would be like Austin Rivers, Jalen Noel, Bryn Forbes, and Troy's certainly a better defender than all of them, but he's also certainly bigger than them. You know, mm-hmm. like Austin Rivers, he tried on defense too. Um, but he's more like six three and a lot thinner than like he wouldn't have been able to probably hold Gordon Hayward in that specific matchup there. So I'm with you as, as the more we get to see Troy Brown, the more we say like three and D all the time, like, Oh, so-and-so is like a three and D guy and they sign for like $4 million. And then it ends up, they're like kind of a three guy and not really a D guy, you know, or they're <laughs> yeah. just a D guy and not a three. Right. Guy. Right. And, and frankly, like I thought that was a fair expectation of what to get out of Troy Brown's like, maybe he'll shoot a little bit, probably not defense. Mm-hmm. He is showing elements of both. Right. Um, mm-hmm. I think he is like Finch said, a better shooter than we thought. And he's bigger and a better defender. I think he's a bench three and D guy. And we throw that term around way too often. Like there's a bunch of them out there. There's not, there's just really not mm-hmm. that many guys like that uh, in the league. So I got credit to Troy. And I think that's reason uh, to to keep him in the rotation, kind of regardless of uh, 
Yeah, regardless yeah. of who's healthy or not. And he's come up with some big moments late in close games too. Like he's got mm-hmm. a little little bit of uh, intangibles working for him as well, where he kind of makes these these hustle plays, hits a big shot, mm-hmm. um, and got that offensive rebound that led to his uh, totally three the other. He's night. got like three or four of those, uh, like crashing from the corner, getting an mm-hmm. offensive rebound, and it leading to points on that yeah. on that possession. Yeah. And I think a couple of those are in the last like six minutes of a game, mm-hmm. you know, when that, yeah. when that really matters. So yeah, I, I'm picking up on that too. hundred um, percent. All right. Uh, so we got the, I, I would go, you know, if you're just, we got a couple days here, everyone uh, until the wolves play on Wednesday, Chris will have uh, probably an additional story out of, out of today's practice. But I thought the, the gamer was, was really good uh, off of Charlotte in just reminding us of kind of how far the, the Rudy progression uh, has come. And then the Nas and Kyle story. Uh, I like shoes myself. So I was particularly uh, in intrigued by that story as well. So check those out. Uh, Star Tribune, uh, dot com. as you know, we're, we're all, we're all out here asking for support in different sort of ways. That's Read right. those stories, subscribe to the Star Tribune. Um, that helps Chris be able to be the guy uh, who's on uh, the road there too. And Chris, I can just kind of, plug the YouTube channel here too. Um, we're just, I'm hitting on hitting that subscribe button. Uh, that that's, that's helpful for us. Uh, in, smash in that show. subscribe button. Yes, Don't hit exactly. it. You're supposed to smash it. See, this is why I always, you know, I listen to other podcasts and they're like, Oh, rate, rate and review. Rate and review and smash that subscribe button. Honestly, please don't rate and review. I don't care. That's okay. I, it, I, there's some very nice reviews on there that are very flattering things. A more helpful thing would be youtube.com slash at Dane Moore NBA subscribe, which, you know, then when you go to YouTube, it's going to populate for you. It's an easier uh, pathway there. Get get the Timberwolves on there. Get Jake painting paintings, howls and growls. Get all your stuff. Subscribe. Get the little get the little bar over there that helps mm-hmm. us out uh, uh, in in making money off of uh, our content, whether that's written uh, or or video. We we appreciate all that. Uh, Chris, appreciate you uh, being here today, and I'll see you at practice. Sounds good. Sounds good. See you later, Dave. Going to do Jace Frederick uh, on Tuesday morning uh, rather than than Wednesday. We'll we'll talk about um, whatever's been going on with this team recently. Again, uh, not a game until Wednesday. So Jace and I uh, on Tuesday morning. Uh, Until then, he's Chris. I'm Dane. How I'm feeling, man, I hope it never stops, yeah Green and hot so you can find me in the crowd, yeah